You are listening to the Regenerative Paradox Podcast, hosted by the co-founders and owners of Paradox and Consulting, Ashley Sloan and Ariana Thornton-West. We are working towards achieving our vision of a world where being a strong steward of the environment, an investor in workforce and community, and a profitable business is no longer a paradox. Rather, the ability to operate with people, planet, and profit in mind is seen as resilient, smart business. We are so excited you're here. Now let's get to today's show. Hello, and welcome back to the Regenerative Paradox podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Ariana. And we are very excited to be joined today by Amanda Anuraga, who is the founder of Tacoma East Asian Medicine. Uh, Amanda, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. It's good to be here with you guys. Awesome. Would you start us out by sharing about what you do and what got you into that work? Absolutely. Um, Well, I didn't always know that I wanted to be an acupuncturist. I quite honestly had a fear of needles uh, a lot of my life. (laughs) Um, But sometimes the universe presents to you um, unique opportunities, right? So um, really, I got um, into East Asian medicine um, in 2012 now. I was hit by a car as a pedestrian. So I was walking home on a lunch break, boom, got hit by a car. It was a hit and run. It was pretty traumatic, pretty painful. And it took a lot of years to get better fully. But the really, the one modality that really, really helped me um, was acupuncture. And um, it really helped me on a musculoskeletal level, physical level, emotional level. And the acupuncturist that I was seeing, Anne Murphy at Hawthorne Natural Health, she is absolutely wonderful. She was just like, wow, you're asking a lot of questions. <laughs> like, you really need to study this stuff. So um, I was kind of at a place in my life where I was trying to figure out the next step. So I applied to grad school. I went to the Seattle Institute of East Asian Medicine in Seattle. Um, really great school, phenomenal professors. Um, but yeah, that, that's really how I got into it is a car hit me and, and then I felt better. And then I really needed to be a part of, of this kind of healing modality. That's really powerful uh, that you were in a place where you needed that healing and you needed that medicine. And then you were able to now learn it and provide that for other people. That's really cool. It's been a really interesting journey. And actually just recently, um, just a couple weeks ago, I've just opened up my own clinic on 6th Avenue in Tacoma. And that clinic was the place that I learned about acupuncture. It's full circle. It's like right back to where I started. It feels very comfortable and nice knowing that this space has a really deep um, history of healing and coming back to it now I get to get to add to that a little bit yeah and it's always so fun talking to you about um what you do because your your passion and care for it just comes through so clearly um and you have a very present passion for serving underserved individuals and communities in your work can you speak to that a little bit yeah um so during my time at the Seattle Institute of East Asian Medicine 
um, we call it SEAM, we were able to be exposed to different communities and how this modality of acupuncture can help these communities in such a dramatic way. So I've had experience at ACRS, which is um, the Asian Counseling and Referral Services um, on the east side in Seattle. And every week we were able to meet and treat um, elderly Asian individuals in Seattle that otherwise didn't have the means to healthcare. And really, health equity is social justice, right? Like, we really should have access to these kinds of medicine, to basic healthcare, basic healthcare, and a lot of these individuals don't. And I really loved how acupuncture was able to not only address physical ailments, but also um, mental health, emotional health, um, and do it in a way that that medication opioids weren't involved. So speaking to opioids, I also worked at a methadone clinic, and that was very eye-opening. It was very interesting. If participants receiving methadone were cooperative in their, in their progress, they had the ability to access acupuncture. And so we would uh, provide acupuncture for these individuals. The current setup of that methadone clinic is very similar to how I have the free clinic too, which, which we can talk to. I just wanted to point out too, the term underserved, I think, um, I, I really like the term under-resourced because I feel like in these communities, had they had equitable resources that um, functionality would be very different. So I feel like underserved is, is a term that a lot of us use, but I think maybe considering under-resourced as an appropriate term that we can use going forward. Because I, I just started using this myself maybe like one or two months ago, but after thinking about it, I think it's really appropriate. I really like that too. Um, and it feels much more like action oriented or action able, right? To say, because underserved, I think like it makes you think that the services are there, right? Or like, that's kind of like the tone underneath it. We're under resourced, really. Like if, well, if the resources aren't there, where are they? Um, why aren't they there? And how do we get them there? So that's mm -hmm. great. Thank you. And I also think that that fits really well into like a whole systems perspective because it tells us where there is a lack, right? If they're under-resourced, we are under-providing or lacking resources in certain areas. And so when we can see that as like a pain spot, we can address it mm -hmm. um, through all kinds of different methods. Um, so thank you, that's really powerful. So that experience, I also worked at Mary's Place and at Mary's Place in Seattle, it worked with a lot of unhoused women in, in Seattle and a lot of them had mental health issues, um, also lack of access to health. So coming back to the health equity part, acupuncture is a really low overhead cost way to address a lot of symptoms that people don't think about, you know, anxiety, depression, even, you know, digestive discomfort things that are um, rampant in those that are unhoused too. So I think a lot of people, like one of my favorite stories from that was this woman came in and she just got her new clothes from Mary's Place. You can apply to like shop in the closet if you get so many points. And she was all dressed up and she was going to a job interview. And she said that because we were able to give her 
ear acupuncture the night before her job interview she was able to sleep mm. and because she was able to sleep she said that she did a really good job at her job interview and she ended up getting the job so it's like what if we could just give like a little bit to our community what does that ripple effect look like you know even on tiny microscopic levels but that's a huge ripple effect not only for that woman and for her her life but that affects the community as a whole right um, providing her with what she needed to be able to secure employment and to start providing for herself and get the things that she needs that's incredible I mean a woman with resources is powerful yeah right like <laughs> yeah. She, she will change the world it's just about making sure that that she has the environment supporting her so 100 percent. and I, I, I think it's such a great example too in talking about that ripple effect because i think often um the tone of maybe more so like policy but people tend to not want to or not see the ripple effects i guess maybe not want to but not see them so they go well there's this person doing this thing I don't know if I necessarily want to give them more resources or this is their issue. I'll give them resources for this one thing. Um, but really looking into the multiple effects, something that can have and the ripple effect and how healing that can be, not just for an individual and whether or not you think they deserve something, but how healing that is on the whole for a community. And I mean, I truly believe when we do good for others, we do good for ourselves you can be selfish by taking care of other people. Cause I think the overall effect is some really solid, common good and progress. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that people think it takes a lot more to be a philanthropist. Like philanthropist sounds really hard, <laughs> right? Like you think you have to be a millionaire to do this stuff. You don't. This is how my schedule goes. Like I work in my clinic Monday morning, Monday afternoon, I work a few hours providing free acupuncture services at Fernand Foster. It's called the Free Hilltop Acupuncture Clinic. And then I just spend a couple hours there and I provide a service. And guess what? People come in, they donate money if they can, and 100% of the money goes to the family of Manuel Ellis. Um, at this time, some people pay, some people can't, some people don't, um, some people want more services. So then they come to the other clinic. So you can still do good and still market your business too. I don't know. It just seems like common sense to me that if you have a gift to share, then you should share it. You know, I'm not a millionaire. I don't have to, you know, <laughs> I'm not like I, but I, but I do have privileges. And as somebody with privileges, I think that you need to be aware of those and be able to to share those with people that don't. And I, part of the reason that we had you on the podcast, listeners might be like, acupuncture, how's that related to regenerative business? And I think a big component is the community element. We have a, our regenerative business framework has a piece that is focused on communities and your clinic is an exemplary vision of that where you and you just described it perfectly, where you're taking the resources that you have, the talents and the gifts that you have, and you're connecting with other community organizations to get space or donated supplies, um, 
and provide this essential, I, I think it is essential service to the community. And even, you know, asking your community for help for the community is okay too. A mentor of mine was like, well, did you ask anybody for help? And I was like, oh, no, I didn't. But, <laughs> but I just sent a letter out to people saying, hey, this is what I want to do. This is my vision. And if you have 20 bucks to help buy me a box of needles, like you will serve 50 patients. So can you help? And I was, even my patients in my clinic were like so happy to provide a month of services for an individual because they understand and know the power of the medicine, the calm of the medicine. You know, we were talking about keeping calm earlier and, and how do we do that? And I think that it's needed so much in our community now. In the community aspect, you know, accessibility, inclusivity, like these are things that people need to think about providing health equity. Yeah. You know, I think that if you have the privileges to be able to share and offer services and to be able to, to provide them in a way that are accessible and inclusive to your communities that are under-resourced, I think that you got to do it. <laughs> so, and, and we feel very similarly, and I think there's probably other um, business owners out there who are going to listen to that, uh, listen to what you're saying, be like, yeah, this sounds great. People should do this, but you know, beyond because I should do it, like, where's the benefit? And I think we see it come up a lot that there's a very strong business case, financial and otherwise, for regenerative business and for making more sustainable choices. Um, have you experienced that with your practice that by doing these things that you feel like are the right thing to do, that there is a positive business impact for you as well? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, on a basic level, there's more visibility, right? And I think as a small business owner, it's just like having one person say that they heard about something, right? Like, like, oh, you're at your family's house and somebody's talking about their shoulder pain. It's like, oh, like you love them. You care about your family. Like, oh, I heard that this person's doing a free community clinic. Like, go check it out. Like this just happened yesterday where a friend of a friend, a family member was um, referred to come to the clinic. And the clinic, that particular clinic is probably not the best fit, but, but my other clinic is, and they have the resources and the time to do that. So it's like, oh, okay. By coming to this space, it's kind of more exposure for my clinic. So there's exposure for the clinic. And then also you just never know who you're going to run into, right? I think that's a dream of a small business is just to have a lot of eyes and a lot of ears on your, on your product or your service or, or what you do. And then if it, if it fits the need of, for you or your family member or your neighbor, like you can then shuffle them that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think right when you're already offering, you know, such a quality service, essential service, healing service, and then because there could be like other acupuncturists that someone might run, might want to recommend, but knowing you and your passion and the work that you do and how committed you are to your community. I mean, at least for me, right? Like that would make me recommend you over anybody else because of like the heart and intention that you take to your work and to your 
community. And I think that really does happen, right? Where you invest in your community um, and then those are also your customers and they invest back into you because they want to see you succeed because of what you're doing and doing so well. So thank you for all the great work that you're doing in Tacoma. If people didn't know about it before, they know about it now. So hopefully they can continue to support you. (laughs) I hope so. And just a small plug. I mean, every Monday, 1 to 6 p.m. at Fernand Foster, it's the free Hilltop Acupuncture Clinic. Come, bring a friend, donation-based. I honestly, I have the capacity to see 20 people every Monday, and I've been seeing about six or seven, so less than half. There's so much room, and every time people come, they love it, and they want to come back again and again, and a lot of them do, but there's, there's a lot of space, so bring the masses. um this is a little bit shifting gears but I Ariana and I were chatting in preparation for this and we had a just a curiosity question you mentioned that acupuncture has a pretty low overhead for cost uh because the supplies are fairly inexpensive um and we were curious about like the sustainable footprint of acupuncture could you tell us a little bit about what that looks like because it's needles right so you can't like reuse needles mm-hmm. in environmentally sustainable is, yes. is that one yeah thank you for clarifying yeah it's gosh it's low right and there's even products that i have not used yet that are that i'm curious about um so everything comes in like a little blister pack and you can you know there's a little bit of plastic and a little bit of paper And then you've got the needles and you've got a little tube in there. But now there's a company, and I can't remember the name of the company right now, but they are intentionally making packaging made out of biodegradable material with just the disposable needles that are all metal. Mm -hmm. And some of them have plastic handles. I do tend to use some that have plastic handles because I feel that they're they're much more fine and more comfortable in my opinion but there are definitely strides that companies are taking um, to help with sustainability absolutely thank you we didn't prep you for that but we were just like I wonder what that looks like (laughs) yeah no it's it's actually a big question um, in the acupuncture world too that people are talking about they're really concerned about individual packaging because things are disposable right Mm -hmm. like and there is my heart kind of it kind of breaks a little bit you know when I see all these tubes that we're using but there there are new options that I have yet to try are they priced similarly to other options or what does that look like I think compared to the kinds of needles that I use um about the same okay um but in my opinion Um, Well, I guess I I don't really have a formed opinion because I haven't actually tried those specific needles. If it was like full metal needle and full metal needle, I think they do run to be a little bit more expensive. But um, people practice very differently too. Some people use 20 needles. Some people use four needles. I think both can be very effective, but um, it just depends on the style that you use. Cool. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, So something that I really love about acupuncture is that holistic approach. It looks at you as a whole person and focuses on what you are dealing with or need versus diagnoses or 
general criteria. It's very personalized and very like whole body. And so I'm curious what parallels you can draw between providing that personal care and serving communities. Mm -hmm. I think I see it um, as two different levels. As we're able to provide more personal care, I believe that that person can leave the clinic room in a better state. You know, maybe they're less anxious or less depressed or happier or more comfortable in their body or they don't have a headache. And how that person goes into their community is important, right? So maybe they're nicer to their coworkers or their, or their partners or their kids. And, and how does that ripple out? So I think that there's one aspect. The other aspect I think is that all of our communities are different. And I think that this medicine takes a, takes a moment, takes a pause to look at the individual. And I think that that's lacking in a lot of health services. I think it's, there's more awareness of it that's coming out now in the medical community that, that different communities might need different things. Shocker, right? <laughs> but I, I really do love that about acupuncture. I love that, that as an acupuncturist, you need to know all the things that that person is going through to be able to give them treatment because in order to give them treatment, you need to know what's the root cause. And in order to know the root cause, you need to know the symptoms that people are feeling. You have to ask the patient like what they're feeling. And I think that's also really new in medicine. Um, well, not new. Acupuncture has been around for like thousands of years, but like familiar in our medicine that we're used to in our culture, right? It is weird because we had talked about this a little bit earlier too. And I was reflecting on the very, my very first acupuncture appointment and just trying to remember what that was like. And it was weird because I sat down and I had never been before. Um, and I got asked a lot of questions, you know, beyond what my body was feeling, but how was I feeling mentally? What was, how was my day? You know, what was I seeking out of this? And I did feel, um, not, not flustered, but just confused. Right. Where I was like, I don't, I thought you, I was going to come in and you were going to poke me with needles. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs> And it wasn't um, intense, right? To have someone who at that first meeting is a stranger to really and genuinely care um, and about more than like, tell me about this one thing that's bothering you. Like, let me get the full picture. Um, and it was beautiful. Like I left there feeling very whole and cared for. But yeah, those first few minutes, I was like, what is happening? Why are you asking me so many questions? But you feel heard, right? You feel <laughs> nurtured because somebody is actually taking the time and, and don't get me wrong, I, I am not against Western medicine at all. I definitely think there's a time and a place for it. And if I do get hit by a bus, please take me to the hospital. <laughs> I want to see my acupuncturist afterwards because I'll heal faster with acupuncture afterwards. But oh my gosh, if I get hit by a bus, please take me to St. Joe's. <laughs> I believe in Western medicine, but I do believe strongly that we have a lot to learn from each other. That's something that has uh, stuck out to me too, is the education component. And I know every, every acupuncturist is different. Um, I have seen you several times and you always do this incredible job of hearing what I'm experiencing and hearing what I need and then helping provide me with education. Like, here's what that 
tells me, here's some strategies to work on this in your everyday life. My brain works in a way that I really like to know the science and how things are connected. And so um, having that education component is super empowering. Um, And I can definitely see how that, when we look at like policy or any service programs uh, focusing on helping communities, having that great balance of listening and really hearing what's going on and providing the treatment or the service and education and support ongoing is pretty, pretty incredible. If all our programs did that, think of where we would be. (laughs) Right. Right. And I think that, you know, acupuncture in itself, the medicine is definitely regenerative, right? Like you go in to not just be sustainable you know you you go not to just like live to the next day but like to live vibrantly through the next day right and maybe as you live vibrantly you're you're affecting your community in such a way that they want to be vibrant too Mm -hmm. like that's i don't know if that's the exact definition of regenerative but i just i feel like leaving something better than you started with, right? Yes, that's perfect. A hundred percent. And I, I, that's just, it is, it's really like, it's beautiful too. And I think when we get in these conversations with some folks around, you know, more regenerative practices or a more sustainable business, and they're like, well, does that one thing really matter? Um, And for exactly what you're saying, I'm going to say yes a thousand times, because even you changing how someone feels in a moment can have ripple effects that, I mean, we may never even see, but those little moments add up into some really um, powerful changes. And for that one person that you're seeing at that one time, that's huge for them. If you, if you can take away a headache or help them feel better in their body or stronger, or sometimes I think knowing is half the battle just to have someone hear you and listen to you and, and tell you more about what's going on with yourself and, and knowing that you have a partner and making that better. And that totally transforms how you uh, move into your next space and tackle things and interact with people. Um, you probably have single-handedly help a lot more people be more kind in this world, specifically in Tacoma, and we thank you for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am personally invested being a Tacoma, and I would like to be around nice people. <laughs> you said something too, Ariana, like um, some businesses, they think like, why? Like, why do I, or do I need to do that? And I don't think maybe that's part of the question. I think if you just go in with the intention of what you want to do, you, you may not know why you may not know what, like one time I had a really difficult patient, really bad back pain, super bad sciatica, like, oof, couldn't walk for three years, years, years. That's a thousand days of a lot of pain. Oh no. And then we did a pretty intense treatment and then I didn't hear from her. And I, this was like in my first month of practicing and I'm like, oh dear, what have I done? <laughs> and after a week or two, I called her and I was like, are you okay? Is, is everything okay? I didn't hear from you and you didn't reschedule. So I wasn't sure. She goes, oh yeah, my back pain, it went away. I'm fine. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> She's like, I didn't reschedule with you because I'm not in pain anymore. 
you just never know. I love that you followed up too, because I, I do think those are one of those things that that has a profound impact on somebody's life. Um, and if you wouldn't have followed up, you might not have never known either. <laughs> You're like, yeah, been like, oh, she didn't like me. She didn't yeah. know. Right. And that, and the story, right? Like there could have been a whole other story you told yourself there, but because you did the due diligence and followed up and just <laughs> made sure they were okay, <laughs> you, you got to see what the effect of that was. I'm just so proud of you. You do amazing things. Um, And I I think it's the thing too, is like you can do, there are, you know, however you want to cut it out, like good benefits, a lot of different benefits to to doing good things or what you feel like is the right thing. Um, But just like you said a moment ago, like you're invested as being someone in Tacoma in making other Tacoma people nicer because there's a benefit there for you. Absolutely. Um, And I, I love when you can see that, right? Like you do good work that makes you feel good, that makes other people feel good, and then typically makes them nicer as your neighbors. And that is just some beautiful full circle living system stuff right there. (laughs) Even just giving people hope, right? Like there might be an alternative. Like Mm. unfortunately with acupuncture, uh, because not a lot of people know what the capabilities are of acupuncture, like what are, can I use it for? you know, digestive stuff, period pain, headaches, shoulder pain, whatever. There's so many things that people just aren't aware that acupuncture can help with that a lot of times I get a phone call from somebody that's tried 12,000 things and I'm the last call before surgery. Mm. So even just giving somebody hope that, you know, they don't have to take pain medication all day. It's easy to lose hope when you're in pain, right? Oh, yes. All right. Is there anything else that you would like to share either about your work or just in general with our listeners? Well, I'm really excited about my new space for Tacoma East Asian Medicine. I hope that if anybody um, is suffering, I know that there's a lot of anxiety and mental health challenges, especially around this time. I mean, 2020, right? (laughs) I think that, you know, never giving up on your health. I had a couple of tips for health stuff. I think that I just wanted to share of things that are useful for the community, right? So um, take a break, take naps. I think these are really important. Um, In the future, I hope um, I have always wanted a nap room and this new space, I think I am gonna finally have my nap room when it's safe in COVID times or past, maybe it's in a year, maybe, I don't know, but in the future, I'm going to have a nap room and I'm really excited that someone can just take a nap in that room in the future. Uh, I love that. Um, I think that having social media fasts are really healthy, super, super healthy. Take a break. It's okay to take a break from that. Don't give up on your wellness. I think I said that before ask for help and resources. There's so many, so many, so many out there um, that nobody should have to suffer alone, especially during this time. And to do that, utilize your community and utilize your support network. I think sometimes we forget that, I mean, physically we're isolating a lot now, right? But there's a lot of resources out there, the free clinic being one of them. If, if anybody needs um, just a little bit of time to their self to take a break, 
and refill your cup. I think that's a really great opportunity. Mm. Um, and we're, we're going to get through this together, right? <laughs> so that's a fact. That is perfect. <laughs> we do have one final surprise question. We like to ask our guests one book or podcast or knowledge source that you are really into lately. Well, one book that I'm reading right now is really interesting. Um, it's called Body and Soul by Alondra Nelson. And she has done some really phenomenal research on how the Black Panthers used their free medical clinics. My acupuncture school had put on a town hall um, with Dr. Tanisha Dandridge, who's um, a Black acupuncturist in California who went to school at Bastyr and she had recommended this book about, um, I told her I was interested in opening up a free clinic in June and she said that I need to read this book. I haven't had a lot of time with the opening of the clinic, but that's where, what's been giving me some, some sparkle, some inspiration, just seeing how you can do anything with a little bit of persistence and keeping it community minded is always important. I think you have to be invested in the community that you're in. That sounds incredible. Beautiful. I love it. And I, we a hundred percent agree. <laughs> we, we think so. Anyway, we think yes. So. <laughs> I love the work that you guys are doing. I love it. I think it's really important and, um, and persistence. Keep doing it. It's important. Thank you. <laughs> and that's it for today, friends. We hope you've been entertained, inspired, and empowered. If so, be sure to subscribe to the Regenerative Paradox podcast channel and leave us a five-star review. As always, the information provided in this podcast is intended for general education purposes only and not meant for specific business consulting advice. You can learn more about Paradox and Consulting by visiting us at paradoxandconsulting.com or by sending us a message at hello at paradoxandconsulting.com. New episodes air every Friday. We'll see you back then.